Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is Michael Adams, and it's the truth. Part two here of uh, the great calendar controversy. <clears throat> If I'm stirring up a little bit of controversy here on the glorious Facebook. This is very cool. I'm proud of them. A great example of married couples. A guy by goes by Kevin. Dempsey and his some um, Shogun warrior type Fisher Vince Fisher's uh, he's talking about Obama and Obama and his wife supposedly uh, being a great married couple. Um, And then James Arnett, he wrote, he, he replied to it and said, you know, the, this is Obama reports claims I will stand there and be her husband. Blah, blah, blah. It's Obama married, marriage on the rocks. Blah, blah, blah. And, and, and uh, this guy goes, uh, and the moon is blue cheese. Arnett replies, James, good for you, James. Joan Rivers, Obama is gay, and Michael's a tranny. And uh, then she goes, James, Joan Rivers is your deep throat. Are you putting your reputation as a career pundit on Joan Rivers? Really? She died three years ago, choked from a astronomy sandwich. John Rivers uh, murdered for exposing Michelle Obama. And I agree with James. I'm only giving you what I have heard over, over a long period of time, several sources. Is it real? Some um, of the evidence presented sounds pretty convincing to me. I have learned never to interfere with married relationships, Dempsey. Kevin Dempsey, on uh, way or uh, one way or the other, or the way either. But my personal take on it is that my gut feeling, my intuition, if I have any, is they are sincere. Michelle is not a tranny. I ran into many. Bar singing, many bar singing to know the difference. And it's funny how he knows the difference and the rest of us don't. Uh, and I put, you know, one, one man must be blind 
and under strong mind control, not to see that Michelle is really a Michael. Dylan can try and disprove that. And again, all this sorts of uh, response. Stuff like, oh, so they found their girls in the cabbage patch. If there was any inkling of these claims being true, the Republicans would have exposed it going into its first election long, long ago. But keeping keep digging, you'll eventually find more dirt. Uh, do you have any proof that their girls were birthed by Michelle Obama? This is my response now. Take a good look at them. Look, I know it's hard to believe how evil the world is, but if you would spend some time seriously looking at Michelle Obama, you will have to come to the conclusion that she is a he. Remember, Satan is the prince of this world, and he is in control of the governments of this world. Michael Obama is not a man. Michael Obama is not a man. Then he is most, most he is the most manly uh, woman this earth has ever seen, including the bulge in the crotch, sitting like a man, built like a man, study his mannerisms, then study other transsexuals. And I sent a picture of transsexuals. And there's tons of them, folks. A lot of them that we've actually been watching on television over the years, people have thought are really women, are actually men. And I said, uh, sorry, you just need to catch up at times. Don't take it personal. Kevin's response to me is, I'm not taking it personally. Well, actually, I guess I am, since you're writing to me personally. The uh, person is reading it, but I am not offended sincerely. I enjoy debating these things. I am alone a lot, and my dog doesn't speak English. But seriously, my wife is a nurse, and they go through extensive training in treating people with respects to their sexual orientation and perceived orientation, regardless of the genitalia. And so, yes... After many long discussions, I believe I have a pretty good understanding of the whole issue. Now, she is not a transsexual. This is in the depth bio of Michelle. Take it or leave it. Hold on. Let's see. No, we didn't. This is in depth of uh, uh, this is an in-depth bio of Michael. Take her of Michael Michelle. Excuse me. <laughs> Take it or leave it. I feel the Republicans being politically bankrupt are merely stopping to the lowest strata buckraking to come up with insinuations like this. If they can win the creative for political institution, why don't they just give up? All right. Kevin, by the way, Kevin, 
an interest in politics. Thank you. And then they got a picture of uh, Michelle Obama. Um, and it's uh, <laughs> from Wikipedia. <laughs> and it says, uh, Kevin, Kevin, don't let facts stand in the way of the good fantasy. And then, you know, it goes on and on and on. So people float these ridiculous slanders around because owing up to the truth would mean knowing up to their own weaknesses and shortcomings. Have you ever noticed have lots of the kids uh, have the most energy running around like little cartoon Tasmanian devils during the 20 minutes before they practically go narcoleptic? That's what this kind of thing reminds me of, children running around screaming the most ridiculous trips they can, uh, tripe they can, before his term is over. I responded, oh, the vain philosophy of corrupt men with their lack of vision and acceptance of their true reality. As they pose as supermodels, by the way, this guy, um, Juan Duad, the pose of him uh, on the couch like a GQ model with his crotch showing. So this is what I said. As they pose as supermodels, hiding the fact that they see so little, full blind of obsession for their puny self, Sprawled on a leather couch, pretending to be GQ models and so wise and so strong. Look at me and my crotch. Where's my, where where my brain is? I am a person of the world, a real success, full of worldly knowledge. No way could I be fooled that the presidents of the corporation of the United States could possibly be a sodomite, and it espoused. It's really a man. What evidence is there to, for such a claim? Could the last four presidents of this corporation in the United States have been sodomized too? Self-absorbed, reprobate men will see very little because they are their gods. They themselves alone. Hey, GQ, prove that Michael Obama is not a man. Good day. Then um, Kevin Dempsey says, I'm sure everything you say about me is true, and I didn't say anything about Kevin Dempsey, but it's apparently this, you know, he's a, this, a fine example of a self-absorbed person. Um, humans are full of faults and I'm not getting around it, but in a sense, you're just proving my point, lacking the factual proof. Other than Joan Rivers, you have attempted to assassinate my character instead of very, very clever, instead of very clever, so be it. I am guilty as charged, as are you. Then Mr. Uh, Joan Aid Dawad said, That's hilarious. I'm glad that you're able to at least make your insults funny. I'm sorry if God has blessed me with not being funny looking and has made me, according to others, strong and wise. I wish these blessings are as a, 
I think these, bonds, uh, these blessings are the responsibility to make the best of them and to try to do good in the world and prevent mischief. I especially love the part about my being a corrupt reprobate. Of course, this is the guy with his uh, the, uh, GQ pose. We look at my crotch. Uh, Kevin Dempsey, I, uh, this is what I said to Kevin. I didn't say anything about you, nor am I interested in your character as far as factual proof. Well, do you have two eyeballs, correct? Take a good look at Michael Obama and study what and who are trannies. And then I respond to Juan Duan. Thanks for your great insights, and you're, wel- and you're welcome. Now, the burden of proof is, on, is not on me. It is on you and your lying eyes. And then he, <laughs> Kevin Dempsey parenthesis, this woman looks uh, this woman looks, acts and performs her duties as a woman and a mother in my eyes. I think she's beautiful. We got this uh, really doctored up pose and her uh not sitting like a woman but uh hiding pretending to, to be a woman. And then the final oh here's some more and I respond, I'm sure you do. So rules for debate are that you must prove your assertions, not that I must disprove it. But since I am sure you can't prove your points, I'll go ahead and disprove it. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven are those an abomination to him, haughty eyes, lying tongues, a hard hands to shed innocent blood, heart that deceives the wicked plants, a heart that devises wicked plants, the ability to make haste and run of evil and false witness, blah, blah, and I go, go through this whole litany of, of quoting scriptures. Therefore, having put away falsehoods, let each of us speak the truth of neighbor. Yeah. Goodness gracious. You showed a picture of the most obvious. <laughs> I, you guys are hopeless. You're hopeless. Illusional. God, that's a man. You're hopeless. Hopelessly delusional. That's good. Nice to see. See. I don't know what to say, though, to be honest with you. Quick, I just can reply to this one. Good grief.
Agree. She can't tell that's a man. <laughs> Jeez. Hopeless. Hopelessly. Hopelessly blind. Hopelessly blind. <clears throat> yeah, let's get back to this. Yeah, by the way, I have no, you know what, because this uh, Michael Obama and uh, Barack Obama, um, you know what, I could care less that they're two men. What I care about is the fact that they're lying about it. Like everything else in life, they people like to lie, cover up things, and manipulate things. And the rulers that be in this world seem not to have a problem with it. And apparently, most quote-unquote Christians seem not to have a problem with that either. But they'll not have a problem quoting all sorts of, um, you know, scripture. So hopefully I plant a seed in their minds and they'll start looking at that and they'll say, you know what, maybe he's right. I, By the way, I, you know, if it's mean-spiritedness, well, then so be it. I'm not trying to be mean, but let's look at the Obamas and their agenda. What was one of their big agendas? Was uh, stealing all your rights. Of course, they didn't. They're just playing a role for their their puppet handlers, their puppet masters. Excuse me. They're simply just little puppets, <clears throat> staged characters for us. But look at uh, one of their great accomplishments was you passed uh, law and legislation making it. Uh, uh, legal for gay marriage, which, as I've stated numerous times in the show, I find is the complete opposite of where we're supposed to be going. Instead of government being involved in marriage, we should be uh, going the opposite direction. So for me, I don't find that a great accomplishment as far as freedom. I've just seen gay couples now being licensed like dogs, like the rest of us. That's not a great accomplishment. So not only are they gay, but they're portraying their own gay community. And there's overwhelming evidence that Obama is a homosexual. But if there's any consolation, there's overwhelming evidence that Bush Jr. and Sr. and, uh, well, Clinton and uh, Reagan well as well, at least bisexuals. But that makes you bisexual. That makes you a reprobate. I don't know what else to say about that, except that if you want to believe what you want to believe, that's fine. Um, as far as people who say stuff like, you know, this Republican Democrat nonsense, I don't buy into it. That's two wings, the same bird, and I could care less which side you're on because it doesn't mean anything to me. Okay, now we're back to the reading from the Great Calendar Conspiracy, Chapter 3, God's Original Calendar. When the doctrine is presented that that does not meet our minds, we should go to the Word of God, seek the Lord's prayer, and give no place for the enemy to come in with suspicions and prejudice, I guess. We should never permit the spirit to be manifested that arraigned, spirits to be manifested, spirit to be manifested, that arraigned the priests and rulers against the Redeemer of the world. 
They complained that he disturbed the people, and they wished he could, would let them alone. For he caused perplexity and dissension. The Lord sent light to us to prove what matter of spirit we are of. Are we not to deceive ourselves? And once again, that's GW301. And of course, that's it would be um, gospel workers. Okay. Um, that's the quotes from. In the beginning, God created everything from nothing. Well, we really don't know that, do we? We must look at that. We'll look at the scriptures. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form or void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. Okay, so... <clears throat> and it does not necessarily mean nothing, so... I hope that whoever listens to this, that they're not trying to, you know, uh, discredit the folks who do this. Um, I am, I am not against them or anything. I, it's not, but it's not my responsibility to agree with everything that comes out of somebody's mouth. Uh, we'll look at um, what uh, uh, Brad and. Uh, Chris's work on this, the Chronicle, uh, go to the Chronicle Project, Book One, the Chronicle. I guess it's being Genesis, matches with the Genesis. What do they say? Do a translation of uh, uh, Chapter One. And to the Chronicle, produced to begin originators to join the Celestials and join the planet Earth, the Earth. So to go on, so to go on to proceed to develop in the mid of the develop and the darkened to and to darken the mount to mount to face of oceans to draw in from the outside sources the originator air to mount to the face of the water so <clears throat> actually it doesn't really say anything of this such that I know that we have this once again this assumption is our prejudice that we've been talking about and in his book. Um, so did God really create everything from nothing? I don't know. The truth of the matter is none of us know that at this point. I, I, that I know of. I don't know, but he does know. The matter existed at the sound of his voice. Life entered man with the breath of God following, flowing into his lungs. Well, I wouldn't argue too much with that. But... Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know that statement. He did create everything from nothing. They were their opinion, but everything from nothing. All provision of the happiness of man were provided by a loving God. Except that part. And then he gave man the Sabbath, a blessed and holy time in which to give back love and worship to his creator. All people need to worship. It is how man's brain is made. But let us, uh, after generations, become confused and lost track of the days God provided at creation 
a built-in, um, ever-present, always accurate clock calendar to measure time and clearly designate the uh, work days for the worship days. In order to worship God on the day he appointed, people must be able to understand how God, God's clock and calendar works to know which day is number one and the starting point for the counting of the six days to work and with worship on the seventh. The calendar that God established at creation was kept by the Jews until well into the 4th century A.D. The lunar solar calendar, with months lasting either uh, 29 or 30 days, and of course the split would be 29.5, each new month started with the first appearance of the crescent moon. The years didn't have a continuous cycle of weeks, but instead a, a weekly cycle started over with each new moon, which makes a lot more sense. New Moon Day, new moon day was a worship day followed by six working days, with the seventh day Sabbath on the, on the eighth of the month. Three more successive weeks completed the month. Most people find this concept so difficult it leaves their brain reeling. Uh, at the very least, it is tempting to denounce it as wrong simply because it is so foreign to everything. Seven-day Adventists have ever heard uh, ever heard believed and preached. Every, everywhere there is scriptural, historical, and astronomical and prophetic proof that this description of the original calendar is true. Later chapters in this book will cover the astronomical and prophetic proof. This chapter will consider the scriptural and historical proof of the original calendar. First, a definition of terms. There are only three kinds of calendars in use the solar, the lunar, and the lunisolar calendar. The solar calendars, or solar calendars, are based upon how long it takes the Earth to revolve around the Sun, which, for my research this year, is proving out not to be the case at all, but Earth is stationary, that is a geocentric model, and the Sun is actually revolving above the Earth. The Gregorian calendar is a solar calendar which each new year attributably beginning in the middle of winter in January 1st the solar year is 365.2422 days long the leftover time approximately one-fourth of a 24-hour period accumulates over four-year period and is resolved by adding a leap day currently February 29th, every four years, because the remaining time isn't precisely one-fourth of a 24-hour period, adding one day every four years actually adds too much time. The extra time is removed from the calendar by a rare occasion having eight years between leap year rather than 
just four. The central years that are equally divide, divisible by 400 are leap years. It says central years are that are not equally divisible by 400 are not leap years. This is why AD 2000 was a leap year, but in 90, 1900, 1800, and 1700 were not. Well, 1600 was a leap year. Okay, the next one is lunar calendars. Are based strictly upon the cycles of the moon. A lunar calendar is only 354 days long, or 11 days shorter than the solar year. As a result, the dates of the lunar calendar float through the solar years. An example of a lunar calendar is Islam's religious calendar. This is why Ramadan is at different times of the year on a Gregorian calendar. Sometimes Ramadan is in spring, other times it comes in November or January, etc. The next one is the lunar or lunai solar calendar are a combination of two. The days are marked off by rising uh, the rising sun, while the months are tied to the cycles of the moon. The lunar solar calendar, because it uses both the sun and moon, does not shift as much as a strictly uh, lunar calendar. So spring feasts remain in spring, while fall feasts remain in fall. Because of staff because God established his clock slash calendar at creation, it would be reasonable to expect some reference to that in creation account given in Genesis. It is found right where one would expect it to find it in the record of the fourth day of creation. And God said, let there be lights in the firmaments in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons, for days and for years. <clears throat> the word here translates seasons is moed. It means, that's Strom's number uh, 4150, congregation, festive gathering, appointment, signal, moed. Often designates a determined time or place without any regard for the purpose. Since the Jewish festivals occurred at regular intervals, this word becomes closely identified with them. Moed is used in a broad sense for all religious assemblies. It was closely associated with the tabernacle itself. God meant Israel there at specific times for the purpose of revealing his will. It is a common term for worshiping the assembly of God's people. Genesis 1.14 reveals that God created the lights in the firmament to be means by which his people may know when his moed occur. This is supported by Psalms 104.19, quote, he appointed the moon for seasons, end of quote. Again, the word here translates seasons is moed. All God's wor uh, worship days in the Bible, 
are called Moeds. Leviticus 23 lists all of them. The very first one listed is the seventh-day Sabbath. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feast, Moed, of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feast, Moed. Six days shall the shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, the holy convocation. Ye shall do no works therein. It is the Sabbath of the uh, Lord in your dwellings. For there the God goes on to list the rest of his Moeds, Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, the First Fruits, Pentecost, Feast of Trumpets, and the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Tabernacles. They are all called Moeds. People who keep the feast, feast figure them by the moon. But the very first, quote, feast, and the quote listed in the weekly feast, Moed, is the Seventh-day Sabbath. Anciently, the Jews... Uh, waited uh, to observe the first crescent of the moon, and then the day following that sighting was the new moon day. The Hebrew month was lunar, beginning with the evening on which the crescent moon appeared. The first day of the moon was called the new moon, First Samuel 20, verses 24 to 27, at the at first, visual obser observation was used to determine the appearance of the crescent moon. If, crescent, if the crescent was seen on the evening following the 29th of the day, it's got all this. Uh, following. Uh, okay. Technically, it, it was actually lunar solar, as could be proven by the fact that the Passover, the Feast of the okay, whatever. So we'll get back to this. So there was a big chunk of something there, so a referring and some references. So uh, the 20th of the day, uh, the moon, a new month had begun. If not, another day was added so that the particular month had 30 days. A moon never had a month, a month never had more than 30 days. The biggest difference between God's calendar and the calendars in use today is how a week cycles through the year. A Gregorian calendar, like the Julian calendar before it, has a continuous cycle of unending weeks, one after another. God's calendar does not. Weekly cycles start over with the appearance of each new moon. This is how each month's calendar looked for the night preceding the day. Then it has this uh, graph here of the different phases of the moon, starting with the new moon crescent, then the um, eighth-day moon, the Sabbath. These are the Sabbaths, so... Then it'd be the eighth day of that lunar month, and the fifteenth of that lunar month, and the twenty-second of that lunar month, and then the twenty-ninth of that lunar month. So you see uh, the four Sabbaths throughout that lunar month. 
Again, the first visible crescent not only began each new month, it also started the weekly cycle. As a result, the seventh-day Sabbath always fell on the 8th, 15th, 20th, and 29th of the month. This is based on the lunar month and not the month events of our solar calendar, by the way, folks. This is one of the difficulties to try to comprehend. So when we're thinking the date's the month, we cannot think that it's actually the literal solar calendar eighth of the month that you and I operate on. To those who have never known anything different than the continuous unending cycle of unbroken weeks, the idea of starting the weekly cycle over again each month strains credibility. Uh, strains credibility. That's what it is, credibility. However, be assured that the work week was never longer than the prescribed six days. Once the month, once a month, they had, they would have what today would be called a long weekend in the 29th day month. <clears throat> Seventh day at Sabbath was uh, immediately followed by a new moon Sabbath, but the days for work never exceeded six days. Since the world has been on an end unending weekly cycle over a thousand years people today are unacquainted with the weekly cycle that is not continuous the Sunday Adventists therefore have misunderstood the following quote like the Sabbath the week originated at creation and it has preserved and brought down to us through the Bible history God himself measured off the first week as a sample for uh, successive weeks to close the time like every other. It consisted of seven literal days. Six days were employed in the work of creation. Upon the seventh, God rested, and he then blessed this day and set it apart as a day of rest for men, for man. It has been assumed that this referred to the continuous weekly cycle, but all this quote is saying is that the week as a unit of time is still the original length of seven days. Studying the units of time measurements in the Hebrew economy is very revealing. Notice in particular the definition of various words, calendar, units, in Hebrew economy, the day. In the cal in calendar terms, the day is the smallest and most consistent unit of time. In, a in the ancient world, the term day was used in two senses, to describe 24-hour period, as well as daylight in contrast to night. In this course, Genesis 1-5. The week. The week was the seven-day unit, began at the time of creation, Genesis 1, 31 through uh, and 2, 2. The word week means, quote, seven, end of quote. This is Genesis 29, 7, and Luke 18, 12. In the Bible, the days of the week were called the, quote, 
first days, end of quote. Third days, end of quote. Third day. So it's the first day, end of quote. The third day, end of quote, and so forth. In Genesis 1, 8-31, and Matthew 21. Although the seventh day was known as Sabbath, in Exodus uh, 16.23 and Matthew 12.1, the day before the Sabbath was called the, pep, the preparation day in accordance with Mark 15.42. The month was a unit of time closely tied to the moon. The Hebrew word for, quote, month, end of quote, also means, quote, moon, end of quote. Deuteronomy 33.14 and it says the NIV and the NASB. The reason for the connection between the month and the moon is that the beginning of the month was marked by a new moon. The moon was carefully observed by the people of Bible times. When it appeared as a thin crescent, it marked the beginning of the new moon. The lunar month was about 29 days. Therefore, the first crescent of the new moon would appear 29 or 30 days after the previous new moon. At times, the crescent was not visible because of clouds, but this was allowed for with the rule that the new moon would never be reckoned as more than 30 days after the last new moon. This prevented too much variation in the calendar. What has been preserved since creation is the seven-day week. At different times through history, various cultures experimented with weeks of differing lengths. Some weeks were eight days long, while others were ten days long, depending upon how far apart were their market days. However, Saying that the week as a unit of time has been preserved since creation is different from assuming that the cycle of the weeks has been unbroken since creation. The Seventh-day Adventists have long used Isaiah 66.23 to prove that the Seventh-day Sabbath will be the day of worship throughout and throughout eternity. Unfortunately, it has not been realized that this very same text also reveals the calendar by which God's Sabbath Sabbaths are calculated. Quote, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord, end quote. The first day of the lunar month was observed as a holy day. In addition to the daily sacrifices, there were offered two young bullocks, a ram and seven lambs of the first year at a burnt offering with the proper meat offerings and drink offerings, and a kid as a sin offering. Numbers 28, 11 through 15 as on the Sabbath and trade and handicraft were, work were stopped, Amos 8, 5. And the temple was opened for the public worship in Isaiah 66, 23, Ezekiel uh, 46, 3. The trumpets were blown at the offerings of the special sacrifices for the day, as on the solemn 
uh, festivals. In Numbers 10.10, Psalms 81.3, it was an occasion for state banquets. For Samuel 25-24, and later, if not in early times, fasting was intermediated as the Guess is what this was. Excuse me, was interpreted <laughs> at the new moons. And the new moons are generally mentioned so as to show that there were regarded as a peculiar class of holy days distinguished from the solemn feast and the Sabbath. The religious observance of the day, the new moon may plainly be regarded as the consecration of the natural division of time. End of quote, or quote, whatever it is. The indication that the new moon Sabbaths were actually considered to be higher than the seven-day Sabbath is additional sacrifice offered at that day. One of the clearest passages in the Bible that shows that the Jews kept a lunar solar calendar is found in Exodus 16. Ironically, it is one of the chapters Seventh-day Adventists have used to, quote, prove the Saturday is the biblical Sabbath. It is the count of the children first receiving manna. Exodus 16, uh, 1-2 states, and they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sinai, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second moon after they departed out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And it, is, it may not be immediately clear how this proves a lunar solar calendar. This is because of a change in punctuation when the Bible was translated into English. Technically speaking, the ancient Hebrew did not have punctuation marks as existed today. However, they did have little marks or breaks that let the reader know where the end of the thought was or in effect, <clears throat> where the period is supposed to go, end of quote. This is called an anoch, et, uh, and is found after the location given in one verse. A correct rendering of these verses then is this. And they took their journey from Elam. All the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sinai, which is between Elam and Sinai. Etnoch. And on the 15th day of the second moon, after their departing out of the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. On the 15th day of the second moon, which, by lunar solar reckoning, is always the seventh day Sabbath, Israelites griped, griped to Moses and Aaron, because their food had run out, and the Lord's response is found in verse 4. Because I will 
I will rain bread from heaven for you, the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them, whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass, then the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall shall be twice as much as they gather daily. So here he is telling them, I am going to give you some manna and a way that I will show whether or not you obey me will be if you try and work to collect it on the seventh day. I am spelling it out for you now to prepare twice as much as on the sixth, on the sixth day. Well, see if you, we'll see if you obey me. The story continues in verse 6. Moses and Aaron went and announced to the people that, that at, quote, even, end of quote, they would have meat, and in the morning they should see the glory of God. And it came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew laid around about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as a hoarfrost on the ground. I don't know if that is a hoarfrost. The meat, quote, came up, end of quote, and quote, even, end of quote, they even after they complained, the next morning found manna. Moses then explained that manna was bread from God, and they were to gather it for six days without leaving any leftover for the next day. On the sixth day, he said, they were to gather twice as much as there would be none of the seventh day, verse 15-22. When the sixth day arrived, Moses gave them some additional instructions. And this is that which the Lord hath said. Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today, and seeth that ye will seeth, and that ye which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. They gathered up the manna for six days, six days starting when? Starting on the 16th of the month, the day on which the manna first fell after their complaining on the 15th. The next day Moses said was, quote, the rest of the Holy Sabbath unto the Lord, end of quote. It's a simple math problem. 15 plus 7 is 22. Again, when the first of the month uh, is the new moon Sabbath, the 8th, the 15th, 22nd, and the 19th are also always the seventh-day Sabbath. This was the test of the Lord referring to earlier. Would they obey him and keep the Sabbath by resting on it or not? 
the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two, two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So people rested on the seventh day. And seventh day, from when? For the first day they received the manna, which would have been the sixteenth day of the month, at first day. Seventh-day Adventists have always said that the Sabbath was established by the fact that for 40 years God provided proof that as to which day the Sabbath by two miracles was the Sabbath by two miracles. One, giving manna for six days working, and two, withholding manna on the seventh day. It has not been seen that this same pastor provides in an insight into the construction of the lunar solar months. Other passages in the Bible also support such configuring of the lunar solar month, but it is not with the scope of this work to go into all that uh, into all of them. Since the lunar year is 11 days shorter than the solar year, God provided a reliable way of anchoring the new year to the spring. He did this by connecting the first lunation of the year to the barley harvest. Most years had 12 lunations or months. These were referred to as, quote, perfect and quote, quote, or common years. The embolismic, I don't know if it's E-M-B-O-L-I-S-M-I-C, the embolismic, embolismic year, years or leap years had 13 lunations uh, as the entire additional month was required to reconcile a wandering lunar year to the solar. The embolistic years were considered, quote, defective. The barley harvest law was applied to the continuous series of years in the same in its performance as the law for the 19-year cycle. The extra moons are interpolated that bring the lunar year into harmony with the solar. The embolismic so the embolismic years follow the same cycle number indefinitely. The cycle can be numbered for any year in the series. And the order runs as follows. The, the embolism, the embolismic year, 13 lunations, the common year, 12 lunations. During the year, the years of Israel's obedience, God faithfully sent the early fall and latter spring rains. The priests planted a field of barley in the 
Kidron Valley. Throughout the Judean and, and Gregorian March and into the first week of April, the latter rains fell, bringing the grain of, to full maturity. It was the grain from this field that was offered as a wave sheaf on the second day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, or Nisan 16, the day Jesus was resurrected. Any time before the first week of April, the barley would not have been ready. Therefore, by trying to start uh, the start of the their year to the month, um, I saying, yeah, by tying the start of their year to the month of barley harvest, God reconciled the lunar cycle to the solar cycle. This simple harvest rule kept the people from fixing the year on the spring equinox, as did the pagans. The idea that the Jews have never lost track of the true Sabbath is an erroneous is as erroneous as the idea that the weekly cycle in us today is the same one since creation. The Jews themselves did away with their God ordained calendar after the destruction of Jerusalem and the dispersion of the Jewish people from their homeland. It became increasingly difficult with the addition of their rabbinical regulations to calculate the calendar tied to the barley harvest. Under intense persecution in the 4th century, the Jews themselves abandoned their barley harvest regulation, at which time a fixed, counterfeit 19-year cycle tied to the mineral equinox was established. An additional difference in the biblical calculation of the time is when the day begins. Ever since Mrs. Rachel Oakes brought the light of the Seventh-day Sabbath to the Adventists, it has been assumed that the Sabbath began on Friday. Initially, for a number of years, the Adventists kept the Sabbath from 6 p.m. Friday evening until 6 p.m. Saturday night. Later, a text was found that led them to believe that the Sabbath started and believe that the Sabbath should start instead at eve is for evening. This was startling to Ellen White. Quote, I inquired of the angel why it had been thus that at this late day we must change the time of commencing the Sabbath. The angel response is very intriguing. He replied, quote, ye will understand, but not yet, not yet. Quote. <laughs> the text from which they extrapolated the idea of the Sabbath was to start on sunset is found in Leviticus 23:32. From even unto even, shall ye celebrate your Sabbath. Rather than investigating further, the Seventh-day Adventists have always just assumed the text applied to the Seventh-day Sabbath. However, earlier in the vision, the angel instructed Ellen White, quote, take the word of God and read it to understand, and ye can't err. 
Read carefully, yet ye shall there find what even is when it is. Had they been correct in believing that the Sabbath began on Eden or evening, the angel would certainly have confirmed that he did not. Instead, he redirected them to the Word of God because careful study of the Word will reveal that, quote, what even is, is and when it is, end of quote, is not what has been assumed. In the English, in English, the word even is synonymous with evening. The same does not hold true in Hebrew. The Jews even was any time from noon until sunset, just as morning was any time from dawn to noon. This is why Jesus and the antitypical lamb could die at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and still be the time of evening sacrifice. Leviticus 23.32, the main, quote, proof text, end of quote, for sunset, the sunset Sabbath keeping is read in context. A startling contradiction comes to light. In this passage, it is speaking of the manner in which the Day of Atonement is to be kept. Jews always fast, fasted on the Day of Atonement, and they base that practice on this text. Quote, also on the day, on the tenth day, also on the tenth day of this seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be an holy convocation unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls, and ye shall do no work in this in that same day, for it, it is for it is a day of atonement. Ye shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. It shall be unto you a Sabbath of rest, and ye shall afflict your souls in the ninth day of the month at even. From even unto even shall ye celebrate your Sabbath. Did you catch it? I didn't see what we're supposed to catch. It is spelled out right there in the very last sentence. In the ninth day of the month, at even, from even unto even, shall ye celebrate your Sabbath. Well, I did catch that, but it didn't mean anything to me at the time. So, but I guess maybe it should, right? <clears throat> First of all, it is uh, context. In this context, it is speaking strictly of the daily atonement. Furthermore, if we were to afflict your, if you were to afflict your souls. If they were to afflict their souls fast, starting the evening of the ninth and going unto the evening of the tenth, they would be fasting on the ninth and not on the tenth. If the day begins at sunset or even, as has always been assumed, then the ninth day of the month at even would be the sunset following the day of the eighth. In other words, were the day to start in even, then the entire 24-hour period begins 
at the beginning of the day before God's people cannot afford to be inconsistent. If even to even is correct, as has been assumed, the text should be saying that they begin the, quote, afflicting, end quote, of their souls on the evening that be, uh, that begins the day of the ninth. The fast would then end on the evening that begins on the tenth with no fasting whatsoever on the actual day of atonement. This act needs to be interpreted in the way intended. The day begins in the morning with the dawning of the new day. Therefore, the fast would begin on the ninth of the month at the evening of the, and the evening before the day of atonement. And end of, when evening came, the night of the tenth. Another inconsistency brought to light in the even to even theory is found in the story of Passover. Jesus, the great antitypical lamb, was slain at the time of the evening sacrifice, the time when the Passover lamb had been slain for centuries. When the loud when the loud cry, quote, it is finished, and the quote came from the lips of Christ. The priests were officiating in the temple. It was the hour of the evening sacrifice. The lamb representing Christ had been brought to be slain. With the rendering noise, the inner veil of the temple is torn from top to top by the unseen hand. All is terror and confusion. The priest is about to slay the victim. But the knife drops from his n- nerveless hands, and the lamb escapes. Type has been has met anti-type in the death of God's son. The great sacrifice has been made. Quote: The Passover was observed um, as it had been for centuries. Well, he to whom it is appointed had been slain by wicked hands and lay in Joseph's tomb. End quote. Uh, Christ perfectly fit all the types of sac- uh, sanctuary service, even to di- to dying at the precise time the Passover lamb was slain at the time of the evening sacrifice. Now there is a problem. Back in Egypt, at the first Passover, the angel of death went forth at midnight. Just, excuse me, if Jesus died at 3 p.m. on the sixth day of the week, the preparation day when the Passover lamb had been slain for centuries, then that means that the angel of death did not, quote, pass over, end quote, the houses of Israelis, Israelites and on, quote, Passover, end quote, at all. E- if evening, evening starts the new day, then the, the angel of death passed over the Israelites at the midnight on the 15th of Nisan, not truly on Nisan 14, the Passover. Only if the day starts on dawn would this make sense. The angel of death did not pass over the 15th, but rather on the 14th of uh, the Passover. He went through Egypt at midnight following the daylight hours of the 14th. Dawn was when a new day started, not sunset. 
Other texts confirm this too. Matthew 28.1 states, quote, in, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and other Mary to see sepulcher. The Sabbath ended, and the new day, the first day of the week, began at dawn. The Seventh-day Adventists have always believed that the reason the Jews were so anxious to get Jesus and the thieves off the cross was because the Sabbath was coming to coming at the evening. But this is not consistent with biblical account. If the, if the Sabbath actually began in evening rather than morning, uh, they were already breaking it by waiting until evening to begin the work of getting them down. More than a page and a quarter to go for this reading. Matthew twenty-seven fifty-seven through sixty tells us, and when the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea, named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb. All of this takes time, especially when he first had to go to Pilate to receive permission. Then wait a while for Pilate to send a messenger to Golgotha to see if Jesus was already dead. If the point was to keep the Sabbath, and the quote, the Sabbath was already being broken by the fact that they did not even begin until, quote, even was come, end quote. The account in Luke gives even more detail the lengthy process involved and reveals clearly just when the Sabbath began. And behold, was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was good man and just. This man want, went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, and he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in the sepulcher that was hewn into stone and wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on. Account of Matthew reveals that this process did not even start until the even was come. Well, Luke account clarifies that the hours in which this was accomplished fell on the preparation till the sixth day of the week. The face translated, quote, drew on, end quote, in this text, in the Greek word, uh, epaphosko, the definition is startling, to begin to grow light, begin to dawn, it is a form. Uh, it is from pound or number twenty seventeen. I guess the Strom's um, epiphano, epiphano, which means to illuminate, give light. 
lot of this illuminating given white stuff. Because they waited until evening to, to even began the process of seeking permission to take the body, taking down, cleaning, wrapping up, etc., it took them the night hours to do their work. They did not finish until the seventh began as it started to grow light. Did Ellen White believe the Sabbath was kept from sunset Friday to Saturday? Yes. Does that in any way affect her standing as a prophet of the Lord? Well, they say absolutely not, but I don't, I don't agree with that part. I don't believe that Ellen G. White was really, as what they're trying to portray her, but I understand where they're coming from because I was a Mormon, so I used to believe Joseph Smith was something more than he actually was. Uh, absolutely not. Ellen White must have not be held to an unfair standard. Daniel has never been denounced as a false prophet because he did not understand everything. To caution against extreme reaction when new light is brought forth and White woke, we have many lessons to learn and many, many un to unlearn. God in heaven alone are uh, Infallible. Yes, if you know the real thing that's really unfair is that they actually place her as a prophet. I don't think they will never ask for that. I think they put it on her. That's my feeling. That's my impression, I should say. Who cares what my feelings? My impression from my readings, from my observations of ours, that the SMT Evidence Church actually put the pressure on her to be a prophet. And it wasn't really her claiming at first. And, uh, you know. But then again, I could be absolutely wrong with that. High probability. She actually did think she was a prophet. Tis. God in heaven alone are infallible. Those who think that they will never have to give up a cherished view, never have occasion to change an opinion, will be disappointed. As long as we hold to our own ideas and opinions with determined persistency, we cannot have unity with Christ prayed, which Christ prayed. Just what have we as a church actually unlearned since the statement was made? God's people must not stumble over something just because it's new. Rather, study with open mind, determining to obey it, obey if it is true. We must not think, quote, well, we have all the truth. We understand the main pillars of our faith, and we must rest on this knowledge, end quote. Truth is an advancing truth, and we must walk in the, the increasing light. End of that paragraph. So I will end this and I will start again sometime later on today. I'd like to finish this. There might be a book actually finished on the show. Hey. Anyways, God bless you. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.